It is good to be with you this morning. We are on week three, looking at this command of Jesus that comes right after the Lord's Prayer uh, in Matthew. It's a verb, it is to forgive. Uh, the first week, we took a look at our part. Second week, we took a look at God's part. And this week, we're going to look at their part. It's the week I think you've all been waiting for. So uh, let me pray for us, and then we will jump in. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for forgiving us uh, our sins and the way we've fallen short uh, towards you. Thanks for the reminder as we take the Lord's Supper that that is what we're doing. We're remembering the cost that it, that it, that it ultimately you paid for us. And so as we think about these things, as we think about what it looks like to forgive the way you forgive us, Holy Spirit, would you work in our hearts? Uh, would you soften our hearts towards those who've hurt us? Would you allow us to follow in your footsteps? And would you allow us to forgive? Would you speak to us this morning for we're listening? We love you, Jesus. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen. So week one, we took a look at Mark 2. We're supposed to bring these things, these situations where forgiveness is needed to the feet of Jesus um, we just talked about the fact that uh, we own a piece of that. We have to be able to answer that question. Did you forgive the way God forgave you? Week two, uh, Andrew walked us through God's part. We looked at the parable of the unforgiving debtor, the one who owed so much to God, uh, was forgiven, but turned around and walked out and did not offer forgiveness. And, and so that kind of set up the part that, that that's God's part. God already did his part long before you could even uh, rack up any debt. He showed us forgiveness, grace, and mercy, and therefore we're called to go do that exact same thing. I hope you're catching on to a little bit of a theme here as we talk about forgive. Uh, every week, we're kind of talking about what you're supposed to do, okay? Uh, it's no different as we jump into this week. We're going to talk about their part, all right? So there's our part in the command to forgive, God's part, and then their part, and so as we jump into that, uh, I wanted to just go ahead and give it to you right now. This is where we're going. Uh, their response to your offer to forgive them is not your responsibility. Their response is not your responsibility. Now, I hope that that brings some freedom to you. I hope that as we work through this this morning, uh, that you will feel confident that it's not your responsibility. We are not told in the Bible we are responsible for that part. We are responsible for following the command to forgive. Now, here's the thing. If you're like me, man, I hope you're like me this morning, because if not, I'm going to feel alone in this. Right? I, I rather be about their part than my part. Okay, like I, I, I hold a PhD in their part, okay? I know what they did. I know the motives behind why they did it. And I know how they should be punished. Trust me, I got a PhD. I know what the, I got that dug down. I hold a GED in my own sin, okay? Like I, I don't have any clue what I did, I don't have any clue why I did it, and I don't have any clue why I should be punished for it. That's the problem. That's, that is the, I mean, if I can boil it down to the, big, the easiest thing, like we are so focused on their part that we can't even see our part. Oftentimes, where do we default to? We want to default to, wow, I was wrong. What they did to me rather than what did I, how did I play a part in all of this? 
And so I, I, I played a little bit of a trick on you. I, I told you this week was about their part. And realistically, what we're going to be talking about is our part. Because when we look at the Bible, Jesus isn't speaking to them. He's speaking to each one of us. Every single time he's speaking to each one of us. So if you have your Bible, uh, open up with me to Romans chapter 12. There's a passage that talks about their part, but ultimately what Paul's doing, he's talking about the one third of the equation that we can actually control. And that one third is ultimately our part. What we can do. Romans chapter 12 is Paul laying out how we live as living sacrifices to God. It's a great chapter. I'd encourage you to read this at some point this week, maybe even today. But he gets to verse 17. He says this, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. He starts out in verse 17. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone will see you are honorable. Never pay back evil with more evil. Evil. Poor our parable last week, uh, we, we are offered and shown forgiveness, grace, and mercy by God. So we don't have, he shows us that. So that's what we're supposed to pay back. That's what we're supposed to pay forward. We're not supposed to take uh, this revenge, this, the evil that's been done to us, and then to return that evil to somebody else. This is something that we're called to stand out and look different. You, I mean, he says right there, Leave that, no, no, back up. Do things in such a way that everyone will see you are honorable. If you want to stand out in this culture we live in, to offer to forgive somebody will make you stand out because there's nobody forgiving anybody in these days. You, you say something that I don't like. You believe in something I, I, I don't believe in. You support something I don't support and you're done. I'm just going to cut you off. I'm just going to cancel you. I'm just going to, never going to listen to you again. Never going to talk to you again. I'm going to put you over here. And so if you really want to look different, following what Paul tells us is the way to look different. Don't pay, repay evil with evil. Like don't get revenge with revenge. Like offer to forgive because, man, I mean, I don't know where that's happening in our culture. You see, this is where we're called as Christ followers to stand apart from the culture, to not look, be in the world, but not look like the world. This is a great opportunity. Because it's really easy to point the finger at them, keep pointing the finger at them. But the truth is, is that people are watching you and I for what it looks like to follow Jesus. It's an opportunity for us to be the example. Paul says at verse 19, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. You know, 
It's easy for me to stand up here and read Paul's words, but, but the truth is that Paul has, a, he has the right to say these things. Sometimes I wonder, like, we read scripture, like, well, what, what do you know, right? I don't know if you've experienced what I've experienced, and yet he's telling us to never take revenge, to leave it up to the righteous anger of God. So I thought I'd just share a couple of quick passages with you. I wrote them down so we don't have to flip there. This is, this is why he can say what he just said. God considered, this is Paul speaking again, God considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme in the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all, but God had mercy on me so that Christ could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. Paul understands that like last week, what we talked about in that parable, Paul understands that. Like I used to kill those who wanted to follow Christ and God decided to forgive, show mercy and grace to me and then use me as a prime example. So he's experienced what we talked about last week. Like he fully understands what it is that God's done for him and he fully understands what he's called to do. Now, listen, then he had an opportunity to practice that. We're told in 2 Corinthians five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. I don't know if you've ever read that passage and wondered what does that mean? Oh, 40 lashes was considered enough pain and agony to kill somebody, to take their life. So giving them 39 lashes would be to take them to the brink of death and then just leave them there to suffer. Five different times. This happens to Paul. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. The goal of being stoned was to kill a, an individual and leave them in the streets as an example. And somehow Paul survives all of that and says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Paul has a right to be saying that to us today. He could have sought revenge in a lot of different situations. And yet, what is he choosing to do? He's going to forgive and leave that payment to the righteous anger of God. He's not going to do it. He's going to let God take care of it. But you see, Paul's just following in the footsteps of Peter. You see, we start to catch a picture here that they all understood something that we're called to understand. If you have your Bibles, keep your finger in Romans. We're going to go back there, but flip over to 1 Peter. Because Peter understood this as well. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Peter says this, for God called you to do good, even if, it mean, even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. You see, Jesus, I, I, I don't know if you envision this moment. I do sometimes. Like Jesus uh, was, was beaten, mocked, spat on, 
paraded around town so that everybody could see the king of the Jews. And, and crown of thorns, purple robe, nailed to a cross, lifted up on that cross. And as he's lifted up on that cross, they, the men that did that to him are gambling for his clothes. Now here's the deal. I've told you this before, I'll tell you this again. If that is me, and I have all the power of Almighty God, and I could call down 72,000 of God's angel's army, made alive, I would have just opened up the earth and swallowed those fools whole. Right? I would have smashed them in a second for what they just did to me. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. Jesus left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Jesus uh, knew that this was a, somehow, in some way, a part of the plan. And so from the cross says to them, Father, I forgive them for they know not what they're doing. So when Jesus tells us right after the Lord's prayer, hey, forgive just as your heavenly Father forgave you or else you won't be forgiven if you don't offer to forgive others, like that, that he is able to say that because he's experienced it. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, yeah, Lance, but that's Jesus. Like, of course, Jesus could do that. I'm not Jesus. That seems unattainable. I would agree. I would agree. But Peter doesn't confuse words. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. Because you see, that's the goal. That's the goal is to follow in Jesus' steps. That's the goal is to be like Jesus, to become more like him. It's like the second thing we want you to be doing here at White River is to become more like Jesus. And we want to help you do that. That's why we're teaching this whole series. It's like, how do we get to the place where we offer to forgive because of the way we've been forgiven? Well, what, what we see here is Paul understood it. Peter understood it. And so flip back to Romans 12 with me. Because Paul, I skipped a verse because I, this is like what Paul is getting to. And he kind of lays it in the middle and then surrounds it with everything else. But 18 says this, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. <laughs> Again, want to look different in a world where that doesn't happen at all? Live at peace with everyone around you. If you're going to live at peace with everyone around you, it's going, to, it's going to call for you to forgive people for things that they did towards you. To not sit there and one, not, not, not draw conclusions as to why they did it, not draw conclusions as to the punishment they should receive, but to leave that in the hands of God and to offer to forgive them. Because when we've been forgiven like that, that's what heaps the burning coals on their heads. That's what overwhelms them. It's like, why would you choose to do that towards me? Oh, have I got a reason to tell you? It's because of the way I've been forgiven. I pray that you would have that experience. Why would you offer to forgive me? I hope you take that question and run with it and able to share the love of Jesus with them. But here's the thing, it's not, this is not easy. It's just not. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. 
If it was easy, you and I wouldn't need to be taught this from the Bible. If it's easy, Jesus, Paul, Peter wouldn't have had to write about it over and over and over. But what we're called to do is live at peace. We're going to preach more about that next week. Come back next week. If you're not here next week, there's one of the questions that was brought up that we kind of adjusted the plan for is how do I forgive myself? We're going to address that next week too. So if you're not here because of Thanksgiving, tune in, catch it online, whatever you need to do, okay? It'll be week four. But, but Paul, notice what happens in this passage. Nowhere in this passage does it say what Paul calls them to do. There's <laughs> no section where it's like, okay, now that we got through that for you, verse 22, chapter 12, they're supposed to do this. There's no chapter 12, verse 22. Stop looking for it, okay? <laughs> what Bible is he reading from? <laughs> it stops with what? It stops with you. Because their response isn't your responsibility. Their response is between them and the Lord. You're supposed to get to the point where you offer to forgive because you've been forgiven. What they choose to do with it, that's completely between themselves and God. Now, I want to clarify a few things because if I don't clarify these things, we're going to walk away confused, okay? This is the first thing I want to clarify. <laughs> I wrote this down. We got... Andrew and I, first of all, just thank you. Thanks for coming and talking to Andrew and I after we preached these messages. You guys have asked hard questions. And honestly, we, we have gathered as a teaching team and, and gone back to the drawing board to figure out how to adjust the series so that way we can answer the questions you have. But last week, Andrew got a question. Like, if I offer to forgive and I do so, do I still have to go eat Thanksgiving dinner around the table with him? I'm not sure how Andrew answered that. How I'd answer that is like, there ain't nothing in there about Thanksgiving dinner, okay? Like, <laughs> good luck with that one, right? I told you the first week, we picked this series because we know it's leading into Thanksgiving. That's intentional. Because oftentimes the people who hurt us are the ones that are closest to us. But here's a couple of things I want you to make sure you understand about this. Forgiveness can be one-sided. Forgiveness can be one-sided. You can offer to forgive somebody and they can say, or you can offer to, to, to forgive somebody and they can say, I, I, I have no desire to continue talking to you. They can say a lot of different things. But it's okay for forgiveness to be one-sided. I, I think when we look at scripture, that's what we see is that that's the case. And then there's two ways in which this can result Right? When we offer to forgive, reconciliation, that's the goal. Right? God reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ by offering a means for us to do that. When we do that, it's two people. Reconciliation is two people owning their faults in a situation, asking for forgiveness, and, and both being all in on rebuilding the relationship. Let's just be honest. That's not going to happen every time. That's the goal. That's what God did with us. That's what we're supposed to do with other people. But the reality is that that's not how it plays out oftentimes. And so in my mind, they can end in two ways, reconciliation or resolution. Well, what's resolution? That, that it, could, it can be completely solved in your spirit 
because you offered to forgive with no hope of the relationship being actually reconciled. That this is okay. I want you to hear that. Because for some of you in here, the things that you've experienced, I wouldn't suggest rebuilding friendship. I wouldn't suggest going as far as to reconcile because of what they did to you and putting yourselves in harm danger again. Like you don't have to do that. It doesn't mean that you have to, to put yourself back in the same situation. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, step into the same abuse. It doesn't mean that you have to stay in the same situation. But as we're told, we have to offer to forgive. And so there's one of two ways that that can end reconciliation or resolution. So I thought I would go ahead and tell you that this is true even of your pastor. A few years ago, um, a few years ago, we were hurt from within the church. So much so that, um, I don't need to tell you details, uh, I consider walking away from full-time ministry. The anger and the resentment and the hurt that existed inside a man and I just wasn't worth it. And we walked through this situation and I imagine that it's a lot like some of you in this room. As we walked through this situation, the story changed from the other side. Nothing was ever done that we should have felt hurt by. There was no harm from the other side whatsoever. And all I'll tell you is, I, know I have never considered walking away from what God called me to do, except for once. So something must have happened to get me to the point mentally where I considered doing so. It's probably about a year till we actually offered to forgive in our hearts. And we did. As a result of there being no relationship left, that forgiveness has never been actually expressed. Because I don't think it would help because at this point, we'd get a blank stare if we said, I forgive you. We did what we were called to do. Now, I want you to understand this too. That does not mean when you offer to forgive, if you just decided that, okay, Lance, I'm in, I'm going to forgive this situation in my life, that you're going to walk out these doors and you're not going to hurt. You're going to walk out these doors and you're not still going to struggle with it. Right? Because you don't just get over hurt that fast. In fact, there's some things that have happened to some of you in this room that I don't know if that will ever take place where you get past hurt. Forgiveness is a process, right? It's a moment in time when you say, hey, I'm going to forgive this person. I forgive you. But the healing from that, the, the releasing of that resentment, St. <laughs> Augustine was right. Like resentment is like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. Drinking poison and hoping the other person is going to die. We carried the resentment for probably another year, if not a little bit more. But I'll tell you today, it's, it's done. We're, we're past that. 
but it didn't happen like that. The first thing that had to take place is we had to get ourselves to a moment and a place and a time where we're going to say, we're going to do what God did for us. We're going to forgive. And so, Dave, I just want to encourage you. Like, this is... This isn't about their part. It is about their part. <laughs> it's not. Their response isn't your responsibility. For you and I, we're called to forgive, to leave the situation in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Follow in Jesus' footsteps. Follow in Peter's footsteps. Follow in Paul's footsteps. But then there's one more thing. And I think this is the thing that can bring healing to us that we're called to do. It's in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, the same place we see we're taught how to pray and, and this forgiveness piece that we started the series with. It's before that, and Jesus says this in the middle of that sermon in verse 43. You have heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And this, in that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. The last thing I want to ask you to do is to begin to pray for whoever has hurt you. Listen, today that might just be, Father, I lift Lance to you. Amen. That's all I got. That's all I got but I want to encourage you to begin to pray for them because I think when we pray for our enemies and why Jesus wanted to do this, asked us to do this, is because we start to see other people the way our Father sees us. We've hurt him. We've sinned against him. We've fallen short of his glory. And yet when he looks at us, he just keeps pursuing us. He just keeps loving on us. He just keeps being there for us. And as I've prayed for those who've hurt me, it's changed. Has it healed everything? Has it made everything right? No. But it's taken the resentment and the they deserve this, and my, it's taken my PhD away, <laughs> okay? It's allowed me to at least just see, you know what? They're still children of God. And I hope that the Lord will continue to work in their lives. I might never have a relationship with them again, but I hope that the Lord will continue to work in their lives. And so as Paul tells us, don't take revenge. Right? Don't pay back evil with evil. Your responsibility is to forgive. Your responsibility is not their response. But Jesus does call us to pray for them. And so I want to ask you out of this series just to begin praying for them. Obviously, we want you to get to the place where you can forgive. If we can help in that, we would love to help in that in any way, shape, or form. We're going to close our time like we've closed our time every other. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer over you, and then we'll sing another song. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.